My mom insisted every bad thing that happened to me in life was because I didn't eat my spinach. It wasn't because my shoes were untied, Angela, or anything else. It was because I didn't eat my spinach. Oh, goodness. She even showed me Popeye over and over again, and it didn't help. You know, and then she tried the wonderful, you know, if, if you don't eat it, you know there's children starving other places in the world. And that made no sense to me whatsoever. I remember one of my sister's retorts, well, then pack it up and send it to them. You know? Something reasonable. Do something about it. There we go. Because I'm not eating it. But, you know, sometimes people have these little equations in their head about everything, you know, is there for a reason. Everything is, happens for a reason. And even up to the plate of what you have on your dinner plate, you know, there's a reason to it. And, you know, you've got to watch out what you're doing. I appreciate how we all have different perspectives on life and what we see and how we engage these things. And I appreciate Lizette and Chelsea, who uh, two little artists came in. I shouldn't say little. Is that not diminutive? They are short. Um, but so am I. So am I. So am I. So um, they came in throughout the week, and they painted this wonderful backdrop for us. And I asked, I asked people in the first service, what did you see first? And, 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 and Goldie out there up in the choir, she says, two people. And they say, yeah, Goldie, are they, what are they doing? They're about to kiss. Two people about to kiss. Any of you see two people up there about to kiss? All right. Some of you see, some of you see a vase up there or a chalice of some kind. See, sometimes the first thing we see, we think is all that there is. Sometimes we have a perspective about what's going on that then it's hard for us to shift when we hear another perspective. It's even hard to see what other people are talking about. And this whole series talking about half-truths of things we say to each other to try to be comforting and to talk about who God is in our lives and how sometimes, boy, the reality we try to share just doesn't help. And sometimes it even causes harm and pain as we try and be, care as we try and be caring for others. We might be doing the wrong thing. So I want you to think about that image as we go through this because sometimes we need to shift and stop thinking about just mama and my spinach and what I've been told and how I've always done it. And maybe what God's opening up for me is a different way of how to be engaging with other people and how to be with them. Sometimes some of the hardest times of your life, there is no reason Sometimes there just is no reason. That's when we kind of cry out, why? Why? If there's a question that makes anyone trying to help us who loves us more uncomfortable, it's that question. Why? When we don't have an answer for it. You know, so sometimes something might pop out of our mouth like, you know, you know, everything happens for a reason. You might look at them and say, well, that didn't help me very much. That actually makes me feel bad. That actually makes me feel like it's my fault. You know, it comes in other versions, too. It's all part of God's plan. It was God's will. To the young woman that just had her third miscarriage, made it this time to the 10th, 11th week of pregnancy, and someone says to her, it's all God's plan. It's not helpful. Everything happens for a reason. For the person who 
remission ended a week ago and say, oh, it's God's plan, you know? I'd refer you to the book of Job. <laughs> Had some wonderful discussions about that. In our lives, some things happen that are not for any reason. You know, they just do. And we want to be helpful, caring, and even loving, and sometimes we just put our foot in our mouth when we try to do it. We try to make them eat spinach when they don't want it. And what they need is your love and your care. You may have heard this in many ways, simple ways to big ways. Every time you saw Tebow kneel down and give a prayer after football, you know, I'm glad people are grateful. I want people to be grateful. But I don't want them to claim blessings for themselves. That means everyone else that day just happened to be cursed. And I just had the blessings for myself today. I was at a meeting once, and this fellow lifted up a praise at the beginning of it. I had not met him before, and I thought, oh, do I want to get to know him better? I'm not so sure. He said, I praise God that today on the way to this meeting, I got here on time because there was a green light, every light on the way, all the way here. And I said, well, I'm glad you're grateful, but I don't think everyone who had a red light today was cursed at all. <laughs> you know, and I, I, how can we be grateful and lift generosity and thanksgiving up without doing the, the exclusionary part of it's all about me in that moment of that blessing? But how do we share our gratitude? And sometimes it's even bigger than that. I don't know, y'all remember Katrina, that little storm that came around here? Some of y'all remember it better than others. Some of y'all may even be from New Orleans, transplanted here. Do y'all remember what happened after Katrina? TV evangelists got on the air and said, you know, there was this party going on that Labor Day weekend in New Orleans called Southern Decadence. And it had a bunch of these gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people at it. And that is why Katrina happened. Y'all remember that? That is why Katrina happened, is because of that party, Southern Decadence, going on in New Orleans. God made it happen because everything happens for a reason. And, you know, sometimes we like everything happens for a reason because that means we can shame and blame. If it happens for a reason, we can look for the reason, and then we can tell you what our favorite reason is. You know, so shame and blame. So that TV evangelist, I remember that. I thought, who are these crazy people, and why do people think they're talking for God? You know, they're throwing spinach at us and it's cold. <laughs> you know, but that is what happened. And so, so one smart person got together and put a weather map together. And that weather map, they put out all the natural disasters. This is for the last five years, 2007 to 2012 for five years. And so we can tell immediately from this that the people who grow tobacco in South Carolina are exceptionally blessed and God favors them. We can also tell that Napa Valley, rich in wineland, is just essentially preferred by God. So if you're going to buy wine, buy Napa wine today because, look, there's been no disasters. If you're going to vacation, you better go to San Francisco. It's exceptionally blessed. And if you want to get married overnight and get divorced in one day, go, go to Reno. It's, God loves it. That's your spot to be at. And so then when you even look at this map further of natural disasters, if this is what we believe, everything happens for a reason. You know, all those televangelists that are based in Oklahoma and Kansas, and God must have it in for them. 
must just have it in for them. This reasoning just has to be examined. Everything happens for a reason. And then seeking to shame or blame someone because you have to make that fit. And your favorite beating up category gets to be there. The ones you want to bully get to be on the other side of that. When really people are asking why and needing love and needing care and needing presence. And we say things to them like, it was God's will. In September 11th, wasn't long before Jerry Falwell and Pat Robinson were on the news saying the U.S. has lost God's favor because they've welcomed homosexuals and other progressive people. Oh, goodness gracious. That's cold, wet spinach that's been cooked for 30 minutes and there's no life in it. You know, then we get the pulse in Orlando. Get preachers saying they should have killed them all. We get politicians saying it's because of the Muslims. You know, who can we shame? Who can we blame for this horrible event? When instead should be asking why? And maybe grieve together and hold hands together and wonder what would it mean like if someone so full of pain didn't have to kill? If there were other answers to the challenges in our life other than violence. You know, some of these cause and effects are visible. If you go out and get drunk and wreck your car in a tree, you caused it. You drank too much, you know. If your cholesterol was up too high at the doctor's this last time because you chose not to exercise for six months, I'm telling on myself, Vicky, not you. <laughs> I'm telling myself, Vicky, not here. That's... That's, that's you. You know, there's some things in life that are cause and effect, but there's many things for which there's no reason. But we in America love this cause and effect. We want to assign blame and shame, and we want to know. We don't want to have an unknown why out there. That just makes us too uncomfortable. We even have a whole school of psychology that was born here in the U.S., in Europe, they have this wonderful Freudian, Jungian, Adler, all these different things that talk about generations of your life and your family origin and who you are, how you make your birth order, all these wonderful things. And then in America, what did we get? We got behaviorism. It's not a bad thing. There's half a truth in it. There's actually some good in it. But it's not the whole thing. You know, behaviorism says in their own words, Free will is an illusion. You like that? How's that square up with the scripture for you? Free will is an illusion, and human action is dependent on consequences of all previous actions. And they go on to say, B.F. Skinner says, behaviorism does not accept private events, such as thinking, <laughs> perceptions, and observable emotions as causes of an organism's behavior. So it's all stimulus and response. You have no choice. You have no free will. It's all how you've been programmed. There's nothing else going on in your heart or your soul at all. It's just what happened the day before and the day before that, and you've been programmed. You know, so they did a lot of work in behaviorism, and it does help a lot of people. Drug and alcohol addiction, Behavior work helps very well to help them change some behaviors. If you're afraid of spiders, 
best way, do behavioral treatments, get rid of your fear of spiders. They know how to help you do that. But the big questions of the world about how you grieve and what to do when there's no answer, they don't have a solution to that. But goodness gracious, this is who we in America love to be a part of, those that can have an answer and have a fix and have it be done in six counseling sessions or less. <laughs> right? I want my grief handled. Don't throw spinach at me, but I want it handled in six sessions or less. Will you do that for me? If so, I might as well just not even come. This half-truth can haunt us. Everything happens for a reason. You know, in behaviorism, they figured the best way to get you to do something is to, to get you to, if they give you a reward all the time, you don't respond as effectively. If you give you a reward none of the time, you don't respond as effectively as when they give you a reward every now and then. Right? Every now and then. And that's like those slot machines in the casinos, the every now and then award. You know, that's why people have um, gambling addictions, because it's the most effective reward system for getting you to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And I think sometimes we say things like everything happens for a reason and it might seem okay, but then a lot of times it has negative effect. It even has negative effect on us. And I do believe in cause and effect. I do believe Skinner has some truth. I love watching those cat videos on World's Homeless Videos. And you see that cat thinking they can make that jump? And they don't? You know, you know there's something faulty in there. There's cause and effect. It fell on the floor because it couldn't make the jump. It didn't have the right perception. And they're even funnier when they're people. I say, don't sit on that fence. <laughs> don't sit on that fence. That's not a good idea. And they go right ahead. Cause and effect. They're on the ground. Boom. There are those moments in life, but we're talking about the times when people's soul is hurting, when people's heart is needing healing, and we say it's all a part of God's plan. Now, I don't want us to use such a phrase to cause harm, but I also don't want to use it to let us off the hook. You know, if we shame and blame others, it's kind of off the hook. And if everything has a reason, then why do I need to try? Why do I need to practice? Why do I need to rehearse for Broadway musical? Why do I need to do these things? Because God's got it. God has a plan. I don't need to do anything. I want you to tell you this isn't in the Bible, but it's what we say, that everything happens for a reason. Jesus doesn't say that at all. Jesus goes to those who are hurting most and listens to their story and offers healing, offers touch, listens in a conversation, doesn't say to them, you've done something wrong. Can you hear that when you hear everything happens for a reason? You've done something wrong. Be careful in using these words when you're trying to be supportive, supportive to your friends or even telling them to yourself. We don't need to blame others. We don't need to be afraid of immigrants and Muslims. We don't need to be afraid of queer people or straight people. We don't need to be afraid of trans folk. We don't need to be afraid of folk who are agnostic or atheist. We don't need to be afraid of any of those people. We don't need to assign shame or blame to any of us because God says, I am with you. 
in and through the storm, God says, you are mine, and I am with you in and through the storm. And by the way, I'm also with them in and through the storm. So we don't want to take too much accountability for our actions, but we don't want to take no accountability. There are many things at play. There are systems that we just can't see that have cause and effect. Some people have more choices than other people. There are things at play that make life harder where someone doesn't even get a chance to breathe. And sometimes we don't want to acknowledge those causes that have effect every day in the lives of many people. So if we're going to look at this reason thing, we've got to expand our vision for it. And then ultimately we've got to say humbly, we don't know why for some of the deeper concerns. But where we know why, God says, you know what? I turned this whole thing over to you. Do something about it. I turned this whole thing over to you. Right there in creation, right? Chapter 2 of the Bible, when it all gets started. I turned this thing over to you. It's not like I'm a watchmaker that's walked away from creation and, and is an absentee landlord. Yeah. And it's not like I'm right there watching every move, every piece of vegetable you put on your plate or don't eat with a short leash. But I'm walking in and through it all in the storm with you. And I love the way Paul said it in Romans. Paul says it this way. In Romans 8.28, Paul says, We know all things work together for good for those who love God, for all called according to God's purpose. It's not saying everything happened for a reason. It's saying in everything that happens, God is with you. In everything that happens, we can work for good together. But get up. I turned the whole thing over to you. You are my co-creators now. Come, be a part, participate. Don't let your accountability go by putting it all on God. But that chapter doesn't end there. I love the last two verses too. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whenever you're asking why, why? And people are trying to help, but they're just saying the wrong things. This is the answer Paul gave from understanding Jesus' love. It's that nothing separates us. Nothing separates us. Even people saying, oh, God has a plan. That in it all, God is with us. Through it all, through the storm, God is with us. Does that mean we don't try? Does that mean we don't seek to change the things in the world that are causing harm? Why? Because God says, you are mine. You are my agents in this world, the hands and feet. Transform it. We're making this thing together, I believe God says to us, which is a lot different than everything happens for a reason. Don't even try. So people of resurrection, people of God, claim your agency. Claim your power. 
Don't let anyone say to you, you caused any hurricanes, typhoons, earthquakes, or anything else. And don't you say it to anyone else either. But say, because the world is hurting, I can make a difference. Amen.